Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. I watched as my mother, who was a uh, physician, very unusual for her time, she'd be 100 years old now, had to struggle for her, you know, for respect and dignity in her chosen profession um, and juggle family and profession and community work that she was very involved with uh, and just felt that that had to change. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Happy New Year. Today on the show, I interview Kathy Spiller, Executive Director of Feminist Majority, a national organization working for women's equality, empowerment, and nonviolence. One of the founders, Spiller has been a driving force in executing the organization's diverse programs, securing women's rights both domestically and globally since its inception in the 1980s. And in early 2000s, Feminist Majority Foundation became the sole publisher of Ms. Magazine, which was founded in in 1972. And they just published their new book, 50 Years of Ms., the best of the pathfinding magazine that ignited a revolution. We discuss the uh, progress and the challenges of the feminist movement and the newly released book, 50 Years of Ms. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from Collective Action Strategies, a consulting firm that supports systemic change so that women and families thrive. And by the Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz at wellwomanlife.com quiz. As always, all the links and information are at wellwomanlife.com slash 326 show. I'm speaking with Kathy Spiller. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you kick off the Well Woman show for January. And Kathy, I just want to get started by having you share with listeners, who are you in the world today? I am uh, both the executive editor of Ms. Magazine, and I am the executive director of the Feminist Majority Foundation, which is a nationwide organization working for women's equality here in the U.S. and around the globe. Okay, great. And a lot of high achieving professional women, we identify with our titles, but I want to invite you to share who else are you in the world besides your work titles? I'm a, a passionate passionate advocate for equality and have been since, you know, probably my earliest recollection. I watched as my mother, who was a uh, physician, very unusual for her time, she'd be 100 years old now, had to struggle for her, you know, for respect and dignity in her chosen profession and juggle family and profession and community work that she was very involved with and just felt that that had to change. And and I feel that this is the most important time for people to be involved in this struggle. So I am also very much advocating that people get involved wherever they are and whatever they're doing. Uh, This is the time to be involved as there never was. Yes. Okay. I want to get into that and and talk about, about that. As listeners heard in the introduction, Ms. Magazine has just published their 
book, 50 Years of Ms., the best of the pathfinding magazine that ignited a revolution. So you said, Kathy, that now is the time for people to get involved. You've been involved, you know, for many years. Ms. Magazine, obviously, was such a leader. Where are we now? And why is it so important that that people get involved? We are so close in so many ways to achieving legal equality for women, but have a long ways to go uh, to gain full economic and and social equality. Uh, And that's here in the United States. Um, I say we're very close to legal equality because uh, we have been fighting now this movement for 100 years and the contemporary movement for 50 years to secure the Equal Rights Amendment in the Constitution. Uh, The Equal Rights Amendment is so critical given what's happening to the attack on women's rights everywhere. We've lost the fundamental right to abortion nationwide. Um, We are fighting to keep the right to access contraception. I mean, there's just so, you know, and we're we're doing everything we can to secure ourselves against violence, violence against women. We need stronger laws. Uh, We have no constitutional guarantee against uh, violence. And so there's so much to be gained by the Equal Rights Amendment, but we are fighting a very determined opposition in Congress and in the courts. And so we're so close. And and if people get involved, we can make this happen. Uh, The next election is going to be very critical. For economic equality, we need stronger laws and the Equal Rights Amendment is one way to get there. And of yeah. course, social equality will, it, it, we're making great progress, but we, we still have a ways to go. And, and again, having stronger laws will help us get there. And we need to be, we need to be a, a beacon to uh, around the world, to women in every corner of the globe fighting for dignity and equality and, and uh, opportunity. So much of what we do in the United States is, is will impact women around the world because the U.S still has, you know, one of the largest, if not the largest footprint around the globe, both economically and of course our foreign policy. So we need to do more here, um, not only to help women and girls in this country, but also um, to help women and girls around the globe and and to bolster their efforts um, for equality. And they're fighting for equality very, very much in in every culture and every country. And we need to make sure the U.S. is is in a supportive role. Yes, absolutely. And you're celebrating 50 years of the magazine. And it's such a great view of, you know, I've, I've been reading the book, and it's such a great dipping into different pieces of the history. And for those of us who have been working in this for a long time, some have been working longer and and have more of the history, but certainly when I was sort of a, you know, a statewide advocacy director for reproductive rights um, 20 years ago or something, we were fighting, it seems like the same fights, but now it's actually a little worse. What do you say to those of us and 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 listeners out there who have been committed and working all of this time and and just see things unraveling? Where's the hope? There's tremendous hope in, the, in, in this way. First, if we had not made so much progress, we wouldn't be facing this kind of backlash right now. I mean, this this is the patriarchy in in an effort to preserve its status and power 
taking aim at our most fundamental right, the right to determine what happens with our own body. And so we we need to understand that it's the progress that we made that that is the reason that we're facing this backlash, but also to know that, you know, throughout history, recorded history, and there has been a struggle for full equality for women. Um, and there have been many gains and there's been setbacks, but, you know, the fight goes on. And I guess the hope that I have is that we are now a majority movement, not only here, but around the world. The majority of people believe that women should be treated equally, uh, should have the same opportunities, should not face violence. And so we're, you know, both both the majority of women and men, we've, we've won the first big battle, which is for hearts and minds. Uh, now we're in a struggle with a very determined opposition um, to gain full equality and and to gain full rights and to be able to enjoy our fundamental human rights, uh, regardless of uh, the condition of our birth. And so I I think that people just need to put that into perspective and to know that this is an ongoing struggle. And even though those of us who are alive today may not see the final the final goal. Uh, it doesn't let us off the hook to make the fight. And that's what we have to do. Yeah, we have to stick with it and um, involve all generations, right? I know you have a real strong outreach to uh, younger generations, and that's exciting. What are some of the very specific things that people can do when we say, get involved, now is the time, we want you you know, to be taking action. A, a lot of times I hear from listeners and people in the community that it's just so overwhelming that sort of where do I start? And so what what are the levers? Like what what really makes a difference at this point? But I would say they should start from where they are. Everybody can start from where they are. They might be in a state that is going to have a ballot measure um, that voters can vote directly on this November on whether to restore abortion rights in their own state. There might be other ballot measures um, that can be voted on to strengthen our voting systems, to strengthen democracy. And and democracy is obviously a, a critical component of the fight for equality. They might be in a community that really needs uh, childcare services. And maybe they can be the impetus to uh, establish more childcare centers um, so that women who are short on, on childcare and, and juggling family and, and work and maybe two or three jobs will have that uh, possibility. Uh, they can look at their local city council. Uh, are there equal numbers of women and men serving in the city council and the city government and in county government? They could maybe run for office. They could maybe encourage another woman to run for office uh, and support her campaign. So there's just so many different ways people can be involved, either delivering services, staffing a domestic violence hotline or rape hotline, uh, working at the local shelter, or, or getting involved in politics. But looking around at where you are and where there's a need and starting there is the place to get going. But one thing I want to do add to that is don't try and tackle problems by yourself. The power of a movement is that there are others involved in an organized effort to move forward. 
that's what the movement is. Um, and so getting others involved and, and working together to make change in your local community or in the state or in the country is the way to take action. Don't do it by yourself. Yeah, really good tips there. And we will put in the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio, we'll put the link to, to Ms. Magazine so people can get start getting the newsletter and, and getting involved. Uh, Kathy, I wanted to talk a little bit about the book. And I love the way it's organized by decade. It's very accessible as a reader to go in and look by decade, like, oh, what was happening then? And and it's really good for those of us who have been reading Ms. Magazine and also for those of us who haven't, because you can just dip in and really read some of these critical, really important articles that were written over the, the last five decades. And the book starts with a uh, forward by Gloria Steinem, of course, and an introduction by you and Eleanor Smeal. What would you say? I love the article on welfare as a woman's issue. So many of the of the articles in this book are so relatable all these years later. It's kind of astonishing. And I want to ask you, what were some of your favorite articles that you would like to just highlight? Well, of course, uh, Ms. has been a leader in covering the fight for abortion and reproductive rights. Um, that we were just talking about. In the in the very first issue, Ms. published a, a two-page spread of a petition signed by 53 women, some of them quite famous, Billie Jean King, for example, and Gloria Steinem, demanding abortion rights laws be changed to allow safe and legal abortion. They were saying that they had had abortions, and, and many of them, in effect, were admitting to having had illegal abortions, uh, because at that that time in 1972, abortion was illegal in, in, in an awful lot of the states. The courage that that took then, but also the impact that it had. Uh, a couple of years ago, the Washington Post ran a, uh, a um, an article after doing a whole analysis and said that, that that one article had changed the course of the fight for legal abortion because it had made visible the women who had benefited by abortion and how their lives had benefited. And that had been virtually uh, invisible up until then. Um, and so it, it literally changed the course of that movement. Ms was the first to put a victim of domestic violence um, on the cover uh, and to talk about femicide, uh, the killing of women by the men they knew, and the extent to which uh, violence against women is is uh, pervasive here in the United States. Ms. was the first to put the issue of sex uh, discrimination, sexual harassment on the cover long before the Me Too movement, some 40 years before the Me Too movement, talking about sexual harassment. So those kinds of really groundbreaking, movement-changing, history-changing kinds of articles just showcase the power of storytelling, but also showcase the power of this movement, which is still going very, very strong. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of how, of the journalism that emerged back then, you know, now I would say we call it advocacy and solutions journalism, right? But at the time, it wasn't called any of that. It was just women getting together saying, we need to be talking about these things. And so how have you seen journalism shift over time to really, I see many, many more journalists embracing advocacy journalism now. And Ms. was maybe the first, if not, I mean, certainly among the first. The telling of the stories was was the first part. 
but it was advocating for change, which is what Ms. has always been about, and connecting with a huge community of readers to, to give them hope, to inspire action, to make change, to get involved in the movement. That has been the, the mission of Ms. since its earliest days, and it continues to be. And you're right, more and more journalists now recognize the power of storytelling to instigate change, whether it's changing the laws, changing popular practices in, in, in culture and society, uh, changing attitudes. That is what Ms. has always been about. And I'm thrilled that there are now far more journalists who recognize the power of their storytelling and that they have a responsibility, really, and a moral duty to advocate for the kind of change that's needed to solve the problems. Absolutely. I'm speaking with Kathy Spiller, executive director of Feminist Majority and publisher of Ms. Magazine. And we'll be right back. If you're in burnout or in major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The causes of all our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly start living your life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. We're back on the Well Woman Show with Kathy Spiller, and we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success, where listeners really get to know our guest a little more. And this allows our guest to share her tips and tricks for life and leadership uh, that really might help and support other women listening who are trying to make an impact in their lives as well and in the world. So Kathy, I want to ask you the first question, which is, what does success in life mean for you? I think feeling that I'm really making a contribution to the advancement uh, of women and girls in the United States and and even sometimes uh, impacting what happens around the world. I find um, great satisfaction in knowing that the work I do every day is hopefully making progress and, and helping move forward and that it really does impact individual lives. And that's, that's greatly fulfilling and, uh, and very satisfying. Yeah, I love that. And just for listeners to call that out, you don't have to be the executive director of the feminist majority to also be making an impact and feeling like your actions are, are making an impact in the in your community and in the world. And so I would just encourage everybody to find something that they want to be of service to and and take action the the way Kathy is is talking about. And Kathy, when did you know you were really good at what you do? Well, I want to be honest. I'm constantly always questioning whether I'm good enough for the tasks uh, at hand and constantly looking for ideas and um, talking with other people about what they would do in a particular situation and reaching out for help, you know, really, really questioning what what is the best way forward in, in so many instances. And so I don't know, I don't know that I ever feel totally confident that up to this 
task up to the job. I just hope that collectively in the community that we've established in Ms. and at the Feminist Majority Foundation um, and in the larger community that I can be part of something that is successful. Yeah. And Kathy, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so that you can do everything you do in the world? Well, a personal habit. Try and stay um, optimistic. I am I'm, I'm eternally optimistic. I can always see the glasses as half full. And if I didn't believe that we can find a way forward for equality, I think it would be pretty hard to get up every day to, to do this kind of work. So I think having hope is probably the, my best suggestion. And do you have a, a like a practice that you do for that? Or is that just sort of a part of your mindset that you have? I think it's just part of my mindset and and the feeling that an individual can make a difference. I, I've just always felt that. And I've always wanted to help contribute to, to a better world. And And I think this is the most significant and the most uh, impactful way to do it, the kind of work that I'm involved in. Okay. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize that it was there all the time? Oh boy, making a good argument. (laughs) My parents used to to say when I was a child that surely I would become an attorney because I was a very good arguer. (laughs) Um, And so I think that's, I think that's my superpower, being able to argue in a positive way, uh, put forward ideas and and an argument for why we should do something. Well, it's so interesting, isn't it? And I really want to call this out for listeners because we talk about superpowers a lot in this community and on this show. And a lot of times we discover that our superpowers really actually are something that we were criticized for as a child, either by a parent or a teacher or some other adult who didn't like the way we were showing up. We were too quiet. We were too loud. We were too argumentative. We were too something. And later in life, we realize, oh gosh, that that's not something that I need to change. That's something I want to embrace. Well, there so you thank- are. You've been yeah. proved right again. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, so a couple more questions for this uh, segment, Kathy, what advice would you give your younger self, say your 25 or 30 year old self? Find the feminist movement earlier. I, I didn't become really involved in, in feminism until I was 30. And I wish that I had gotten involved even earlier. I would have had more time to be working on all of this and just to keep moving forward, which I've done, but I I think move forward somehow faster if I had to give my younger self advice. Good. Okay. And I pretty much know the answer to this one, but I do ask all my guests this. So I invite you to elaborate. I know you identify as a feminist. I, I usually ask people, do you identify as a feminist? But what do you what does that mean for you? Well, it's more than more than just the belief in equality. It's it is taking action to work for equality. It's being active. That's what a feminist is, a, a, an advocate. And and maybe it's an advocate inside your own family or in, or your own community. Maybe it's more in the realm of politics or service, but it's it's taking action um, on the fundamental belief of equality. Yeah. Okay, last question. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? 
and you can't say your your 50 years of Ms. Book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it should be on everybody's nightstand. <laughs> I've actually almost finished a new book by uh, Kate Bohannon uh, titled Eve. And it's the, it's, she's an anthropologist and, and scientist and, and takes a look at human evolution and how women's bodies have really driven human evolution. And very very critically attacking this question that we're all very focused on. How do we reverse patriarchy? You know, how did we end up with patriarchy and what do we do to reverse it? I, it's, it's a terrific book. I, I would highly recommend it. It's so funny. I'm reading that book right now. My husband gave it to me as a gift and um, I, I'm not very far in, but yeah, it's really, really good. We'll link to that in the show notes because listeners love to know what our guests are reading. So Kathy Spiller, Executive Director of Feminist Majority and publisher of Ms. Magazine. Thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. That was my interview with Kathy Spiller, Executive Director of Feminist Majority and publisher of Ms. Magazine. And we talked in the interview about Ms. Magazine publishing their new book, which is uh, 50 Years of Ms., the best of the pathfinding magazine that ignited our revolution. And now I'm going to read a short excerpt from Gloria Steinem's foreword to the book. Although there were no other magazines for women that weren't about food, fashion, and family, and women's magazines survived only through support from those same categories of ads, I believed that advertisers would soon realize that women's interests were just as wide and deep as men's interests, and there would be new magazines that were at least like, say, Esquire for Women. What I didn't understand then was how little advertising would change over the decades. Though women actually buy more books than men do, and also by wine, cars, and insurance, the full range of women's interests is still not supported by advertisers of the products we actually buy. Ms. would not have been able to prove that women would buy even one issue of such a magazine if Clay Felker at New York Magazine, where I was an editor, had not agreed to publish a sample of Ms. in its pages, and then an entire preview issue that was placed on newsstands nationwide. That gave women themselves a chance to show the breadth of their interests. Of course, all change is ridiculed at the beginning. In 1972, the 60 Minutes co-founder, Harry Risner, famously said that he would give us six months before the magazine ran out of things to say. When Ms. celebrated its fifth anniversary, he apologized. The New York Times refused to use Ms. as a form of address for a dozen years. Thus, I remained Miss Steinem of Ms. Magazine. For this and other reasons, women picketed. And when the Times finally relented in 1986, we took the editor, A. Rosenthal Flowers. The most annoying thing he was to say was, if I'd known it mattered that much to you, I would have done it much sooner. That was an excerpt from the foreword by Gloria Steinem of Ms. Magazine's new book, 50 Years of Ms., the best of the pathfinding magazine that ignited a revolution. We'll link to that book in the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for the well 
Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.